minister your words to your people. I thank you they are receptive to the words of God and receive them as they are in truth, the words of God. And because of that, it will work in their lives and give them light, faith, and understanding in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we've been doing a series of teachings on the original Christian faith. Now, we pointed out that, you know, about 90% of what's happening out there is not teaching the original Christian faith. See, they all have their versions of things. And hand-selected scriptures that they uh, base their religious systems on. But the original Christian faith is everything that Jesus taught. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. So what Satan is trying to do is he tries to get people or religious systems to leave out main areas of the word of God. And uh, he knows that without those main areas, you can't leave out repentance, you can't leave out born again, you can't leave out doing God's commandments, or you won't have the original Christian faith. You'll have something that will not work in the sight of God. It may look good, it may sound religious, but if you leave out the main ingredients of what Christ and his apostles taught, it's not Christian. You know, it's not Christian to just take parts of the, of the Bible. We have to take it all. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, and he said, All power, all authority is given unto me, both in heaven and on the earth. Go therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. So the church world was supposed to teach everything Christ taught in the Gospels that he taught his disciples, even until the end of the world. And then according to Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, after his resurrection... Jesus appeared to his disciples and he, he also gave commandments to them through the Holy Ghost. And we have the epistles which contain the commandments of the Lord. Paul said, if any man think himself spiritual or a prophet, let him acknowledge the things that I write are the commandments of the Lord. Praise God. So uh, these things are important. Amen. And what Jesus said then, then he's not going to contradict himself today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's not going to say, whoops, I made a mistake back there. No. You know? He's not going to say, well, it's different today. Hallelujah. No, everything is intact. Hallelujah. The whole covenant is in operation.
Most denominations are not handed up by born-again people. They're not handed up by born-again, especially born-again spirit-filled people. Holy Spirit-filled people. They're not handed up by that. They're, so they're carnal men. And I'm not saying they're doing things maliciously. They might be trying the best they can in their carnal mind, in their lost soul. But they don't stay with the Word. They don't stay with the Bible. And especially the two key areas they don't stay with. We're going to just kind of point that out today. And you'll see it's obvious. It's true. Now, Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, If you continue in my word or my words, then are you my disciples indeed. See, if you continue in his words, you're his disciples. Amen. If you only continue in Luther's words, you're Luther's disciples. You know? Or Methodist disciples, or this disciples, or that disciples. But if you continue in Jesus' words, you're his disciples, indeed. He said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when he came here, he found the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the different religious groups which were supposed to be Orthodox or the keepers of the faith. He found them teaching things, he said, which were not so from the beginning. He found them teaching things that just were not so from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And they were saying things that were contrary to the Word. He said, full well you reject the commandments of God, that you may keep your own traditions, and the traditions of men. He said, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So we don't want to be into the commandments of men. We want to be in the, into the commandments of God. Yeah. Praise God. God is the one with supreme authority. Amen? Amen? Praise God. All scripture, the Bible said, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. So we want to go by the word Amen. to get our doctrine. Amen. And we pointed out you can't just have a little rabbit path and hop along and pick out selected scriptures on any topic. You can't just say, believe in the Lord, you'll be saved. You know, there are scriptures that say, you know, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But uh, there's scriptures like that. But you can't take that as an island to itself. Because the same Jesus said, except you repent, you will perish. See, so what you have to do, and what I pointed out, is you have to go through the whole new contract, the new covenant. And you have to find out everything he said on a topic, whether it was through Jesus or through his apostles or men of God in the New Testament. And you have to find out everything they said and put it all together. Then you got the whole complete picture. But you can't just take out one scripture and say that's all you know there is to it, not if it contradicts other scriptures. See, sometimes a scripture can contradict others, you know, Scriptures, if you take that scripture and you apply it wrong. Say, well, that's all there is. No, it doesn't say that's all there is. It said that, yeah, but he, he said other things. He said in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, or Jesus is Lord. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but they that do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So right there, he said, you've got to repent, believe, and do the will of his Father, which is in heaven. Praise God. So it's not just belief. Believing is a part of it. It's just not the whole of it. 
See, and so many of these, uh, we pointed out that many of these denominations and churches and different ministries, that uh, they all will confess they believe Jesus is the Son of God. You know? That He came down from heaven. He became a man. He lived a perfect human life. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. He rose. we don't have to obey nothing in the epistles. Well, what did he write them for? You know? What did he write these things and these instructions and warnings and conditions? And why, why even put that in the Bible if we don't have to do nothing with it? See? But that's wrongly dividing the Word of God. Because everything in this New Testament is important. Amen. Praise God. God does not waste words. Amen. He didn't have his apostles write certain things. See, which... What Christ and his apostles said is the original, the original document. God made sure we'd have a record of the original document. He had to write it down so we'd know the original Christian faith, what Jesus came to teach. Amen. And if something's not going to go by the original, but make them up their own versions, and leave whole sections out, and leave the main parts out, which almost every one of these denominations leave the main hearts out. You know, you can believe all that I said there, you know, there's what they call the Apostles' Creed. You have to do what the New Testament says. You know, you really got to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. The Bible said he's the author of eternal salvation to everyone that obeys him. He says, why call me Lord, Lord, not do what I say? Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in. He said, many will seek to enter and not be able to. See, so we have to actually live for the Lord. Amen. He that doeth the will of God, the Bible said, will live forever. Hallelujah. But see, a lot of these places leave out the doing of the will of God. And uh, it just ain't going to work. That, that version, that's just somebody's version, man's version. Uh, and it ain't going to work in the sight of God. You have to do it the way Jesus and his apostles taught it. And so that's what we've been pointing out. That although there's a lot of structures that have label of Christianity on it, they're not real churches. If they leave out the main ingredients, they are not real churches. And their people will not make it to heaven unless by chance they read the Bible themselves and find out and repent or whatever. You know? And there, I'm sure there's some in different groups, few and far between though, that somehow find the Lord in spite, not because of where they're at, but in spite of where they're at. Praise God. So there are those uh, certain people that could, you know, that possibility is there as long as you're around the Word of God to any degree. So, uh, 
But we have to, to, and the Lord has commissioned us. I, gave, I read out a word that I got from the Lord. And he commissioned us <coughs> to have no compromise. But as a church, you know, I, I've written about 25, 30 books, and mo most every one of them is in defense of the original Christian faith. Because I, after studying the word, you know, 40 years, I could see, man, they're just making up stuff and saying it. And implying that it's in the name of Christ. But only what's come from Christ can be done in the name of Christ. You can't make up stuff and him and, and say things contrary to Christ and that's supposed to be Christian doctrine. That's not Christian doctrine. See, so uh, it's so important to continue in Jesus' words and his apostles' words. I tell you, you know, like I mentioned, we're a safe place because we tell you to believe the whole New Testament and obey it. Whatever you see in there, just obey them. Praise God. 90% of the churches can't say that because that's contrary to what their system believes. Say they believe it's all by some certain grace so you don't have to obey the epistles. No, that's what Jude called turning the grace of God into a cover for immorality. He said certain men crept in aware and did that. See, so that's, that's wrong teaching. The right teaching is to obey. Amen? Amen? To do what the Bible says to do. Praise God. That's our place of safety. This is the record that God gave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read something from 2 John uh, verse 9. Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine, that's the teachings, and instructions of Christ does not have God. He that abides in the doctrine, teachings, and instructions of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and do not bring this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. So how can a, how can a church or a ministry, how can you know that that church, ministry, denomination, is teaching you the true way of salvation? That you'll end up escaping hell which is forever. Amen. It's forever. You don't want to go there. That's right. <laughs> you don't want anybody to convince you to live contrary to the Lord and that it's okay. Yes. That Jesus paid so you can now rebel against God. That's foolishness. Jesus paid so you'd have grace to be able to do all things that Christ who strengthens you and you can now live for the Lord. Paul said, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Hallelujah. That's what grace is given for. It saves us from the power of sin. It says in Romans 6, 14, sin will no longer have dominion over you for you're under grace. So we're not under the power of sin, we're under the power of grace. Hallelujah. If we'll believe, get access by faith, Paul says.
Why would they say that in their instructions if we don't have to do that? Don't let any, the Bible says, let no man deceive you. You know, don't let any man talk you out of it. He said, let him not deceive you with vain words, Ephesians 5, Paul said. So we don't want empty promises from man. We want what God says about things. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this is a little different topic than we normally teach on, but God, like I said, has put a commission in my heart that we as a body of believers who's here, praise God, that he wants us to spread the original Christian faith. And to show people, when they say, well, what's the difference between what you believe and what we believe? Well, we all agree on he's the son of God. He came down from heaven and became a man. Yeah, we all agree on that. But to show them the key ingredients that they're not taught and what the Bible says, praise God, then you'll be able to help them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I wrote a little book back there, about 60 pages, called The Original Christian Faith. And all it does is tell people, get your Bible out. Read that Bible. Believe that Bible. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody tell you it passed away. Don't let anybody tell you you don't have to do it. Don't let anybody tell you grace means uh, you don't have to obey the Lord. When the Bible says, uh, what will be the end of those that obey not the gospel? See, we want to stay right with the Lord. If you're going to stay right with the Lord, you're going to stay right with His Word. He said His Word that He spoke, the same will judge us on the last day. In John chapter 12. So we want to stay right with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, He says, Jesus said, marvel not at this. He said, the hour is So that our impenitent heart doesn't store up wrath for itself on the day of wrath, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, but he will render to every man according to their deeds. That's what it says in Romans 2. But thank God, God will lead you to repent. If you do wrong, you'll, you'll sense, I need to repent. I need to ask God to forgive me. Amen. And if you humble yourself, he gives grace to the humble. If you humble yourself, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I did wrong. I said wrong. I acted wrong. I thought wrong. Please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me. The Bible said if you confess it to him, he's faithful and he's just. To forgive you and to cleanse you of all that unrighteousness. And then he said he won't remember it anymore. Praise God. So thank God for that. Amen. Amen. I'm glad he's not marking it all down. I'm glad there's the blood of Jesus that has power to wash away every sin. So what the Lord has done is he made provision with the blood of Jesus. But it's not automatic. You know, if you use your will to sin, you've got to use your will to say, I'm sorry. Turn from, because when you sin, you're somehow yielding to the enemy and submitting to the enemy. Now you've got to turn, reject that, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. You've got to use your will and turn back, Lord, I'm sorry. Submit back to God and live your life for the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the judgment is concerned with deeds and not just with a profession. 
That's why he said not everyone that says Lord, Lord will enter, but those that do the will of my Father. John later wrote, he that doeth the will of God will abide forever, will live forever. Praise God. So it's, it's important. by deeds you did. All your righteousness was like filthy rags. You were a child, spiritually a child of the devil, separated from God, without God and without hope in this world, the Bible says. See, so there's no way you could have obtained it by your good works. But God granted the, gr the grace of repentance. That God may grant repentance, it says. He granted repentance available to us through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that if you come and ask him, repent, ask him to forgive you, thank God he can wipe away every sin of your past. He blots it out, casts it in the sea of his forgetfulness, and says your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Amen. Hallelujah. So thank God for that. Yes. Peter said you were purged of your old sins. Hallelujah. That means they're gone. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Every one of those things, bad things you did are gone. But uh, that does not mean automatically every future sin is forgiven. Because that's not the case. Then we could just go and kill, rape, rob banks and everything else. And say, oh, there's some of those Christians again. You know. No, you know, you can't, you can't just do that stuff and be automatically forgiven. That's evil. That's yielding to Satan. See, that's following the people of this world. There's, there's no automatic nothing. The Bible said be doers of the word and not hearers only or you'll deceive your own self. It's a matter of doing what he said to do. Praise God. Now when you get born again, you have the grace of God, the life of God, the spirit of God, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, the name of Jesus. Praise God to help you in life to conquer the things that would try to get you off track. See, so you have things available to you to empower you and to enable you. And if you were to fall, you have the blood of Jesus to avail yourself too. So the provision is made through Jesus, but it's not automatic because each one of us has a free will. And, we, and God will never override that free will. Now, once people go on from this life, if they don't live for God, then they lose that Losing your soul is losing your right to make a choice. You know, at, at that time, you don't have any more rights unless you've accepted the Lord. See, at that time, they lose their soul. They, could, they can't resist. They're going to hell. There's nothing they can do about it. And, and so on and so forth. Now is the time to use your will and follow the Lord. Praise God. This life. Yes. Fight the good fight of faith. Keep hold on eternal life. Yes. Hallelujah. This, this isn't a game. It's worth everything you've got. It's worth everything in God. Jesus said you've got to lose your life in this world to find it. Praise God, the, other life, the real life for the gospel Amen. and for his sake. You have to lose life. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Cross means you crucify the flesh. Flesh wants to go one way. Cross, God's will wants you to go another way. You crucify the flesh. Hallelujah. The Bible said they that are Christ have crucified the flesh.
with its passions and lusts. So, uh, praise God. You know, I, if we just read the scriptures, the scriptures are talking for themselves. When I read you the scriptures, you can't say, oh, Pastor Ted's getting hard on us today. I'm not getting hard on you. I love you. I want each and every one of you to pass through those pearly gates. Not the gates of hell, but those gates up in heaven. I want you there. I want you there when the saints go marching in. I want you to be in that number, just like that song says. Hallelujah. And so I teach you what the Bible says. It might not always be popular. You know? I'll tell you what, a lot of, a lot of big denominations, if they start telling people what the Bible says, they'd only have about a tenth of their denomination left. Because those people don't really want to do that. They won't come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. See? So they don't care about a watered-down version of the gospel that tells you you don't have to repent or obey the will of God. So the people think, well, I put my 45 minutes in, I can go back out and live the way I want. The big denomination I came from, that's pretty much what everybody did. <laughs> they were the ones all out in the bars chasing the women, getting drunk and fighting. <laughs> they go back next week. <laughs> you know, that, ain't gonna have, that, that does not impress God at all. God wants us to live for Him. Bible said that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him that died for us and rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. Peter said that we should no longer live for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Hallelujah. See, and so mainly the New Testament, this is what it's about. It's not about getting rich, although God wants you blessed. Amen. The Bible said all these blessings come upon you and overtake you, he'll add things to you if you seek first his kingdom and righteousness. The blessings, you, you start to become more of a blessing magnet. God wants you blessed. Yes. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yes. Praise God. He wants you to prosper and be in health, the Bible said, even as your souls prosper. He wants the blessings of Abraham to come upon you and your family. He wants you to believe in that, that if he's for you, who can be against you? He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Yes. He wants you blessed, yes. but he wants you living for him Amen. so that you're safe and secure because he loves you. He's a good God. Amen. Praise God. He, he, and, you know, his commands are just stop doing evil to one another. <laughs> you know, what's so bad about that? Basically, he just tells us stop doing evil. See? But uh, let, me, let me read to Romans chapter 2, verse 2. He says, this is the apostle, the one that gave us revelation on grace. So you can't say, well, Paul didn't believe we had to you know, obey God. Well, let's see what Paul says. Amen. He wrote this to the church in Rome. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against those which commit such things.
He's got to judge it. Now, he judged it in Jesus for us. Thank God. He, he, he did that for us, but we have to use our wills and partake of it. The goodness of God will lead us to repentance. I remember when he convicted me of sin, I, I sat there reading the Bible. And all of a sudden it illumined and God spoke to me and showed me my life was an abomination to him. I ran in the bedroom and began to repent and calling on the name of the Lord. I'm glad. Scared the hell out of me. Gloria, <laughs> I'm glad it did. I don't want to go there. I'm not going there for nothing. There's nothing in this world that's worth going there. What does a prophet man if he gained the whole world and has to go there? You know, lose everything. With Christ, you gain everything. You become a joint heir with Jesus, who's the heir of every good thing that ever was or ever will be, and you'll rule and reign with Christ forever and ever, the Bible says. Man, that's, that's the prize of the high calling. That's the heavenly call that's on your life, to keep following Jesus so you obtain that, so you obtain the prize. False had been here, work all their life to obtain in the, in the games. We'd say the Olympics. We're exercising ourselves to live for God to get a crown that's not corruptible. Amen. He's got the crown of life. Hallelujah. God wants us all to have the crown of life. God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So we want to we want to stay with the Lord. It's His goodness that leads us Amen. to repentance. Amen. That's a good thing. Amen. It works godly sorrow, Amen. which Paul said is not to be repented of, because godly sorrow, he said, leads to life. They said, repentance unto life. He said, but he said, but your heart and impenitent heart treasures up unto itself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his works, according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, he will give indignation and wrath. Tribulation and anguish will be upon every soul of man that does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. Hallelujah. You know, so many of those verses, those which do things, these things, those that do not obey the truth, those that continue on in well-doing, those that work good, praise God. You know, that's showing effort on our part. Amen. You know, either to do good or do evil. So, uh, we pointed out last week that this is why repentance is necessary to get it out of our life. See, even now as a believer, see, some people think, well, believers don't have to do that. No, that's not true. 
Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, he waited. given so you don't have to really obey the Lord. And those are the two big things. Two main things that denominations leave out and that false teaching leaves out. See? You don't have to repent. This is what Satan once taught. You don't have to repent and you don't really, really have to live for the Lord. Jesus already did it for you. See? And that'll send people to hell. That's right. They're false teachings. They're false doctrines. They're from the deceiver of the world. From Satan. He's the first one that taught that. He's, God said you'll surely die. He told Eve you'll not surely die. Paul said you live after the flesh. You'll die. Spiritually he's talking about. Say, certain groups say oh you'll not surely die. He said you would. Jude talked about people twice spiritually dead. Plucked up by the roots. Whose good fruit has withered away. So uh. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. So we mentioned last week that Jesus said, except you repent, you will perish. After his resurrection, he told them in Luke 24, 47, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Peter in Acts 3, 19, in the New Testament era, preached, repent, and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out. Praise God. Paul said in Acts 17.30, God commands all men everywhere to repent. 2 Peter 3.9, the Bible said, God is not willing that any man perish, but that all would come to repentance. The reason is, is that doing evil is submitting to Satan. And Romans 6.16 says, whoever you... revealed that yielding to sin is yielding to the devil. He said, now if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Run to him. Praise God. Confess your sin, he'll cleanse you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But you can't follow after Satan and get to heaven. See, that's what a lot of this false stuff is, is trying to get people to believe. Or it won't tell them. It won't tell them. And I was listening to one preacher that got, came out of a denomination and he got saved. 
And he said when he was in that denomination, they told him, don't tell the people anything they don't want to hear. Purifying their hearts by faith. Real faith in Jesus and what's required of us will start purifying the heart. Because you start saying, I want to go to heaven. <laughs> you know, the Bible said, every man that has this hope that purifies himself, even as he is pure. Now, why would they do that if they thought they could live like the devil and still be fine? Why not? Why not just get the best of both worlds? Why not just fill the flesh up with every ungodly, wicked thing? Pleasures of sin for a season, do whatever we want, and then we get to go to heaven. No wonder people stick in those places. But the trouble is, it's not going to get them to escape hell and get to heaven. They just think it is. Because you're not going and finding out what the Bible actually does say. They're listening to charismatic people or people they think have some kind of authority. But always remember, every denomination was started by men. Before all that was the Bible. Before all that was the Gospels, which are handed around, and the Epistles. They had the spoken. watered-down versions, a lot of false ideas that are not going to get people into heaven. Paul made it clear. He said he went out and preached, Acts 26, that men must repent of their lives of sin, turn to God, and then live lives worthy of their repentance. That's what Paul preached. And he also taught it was grace that would give you the ability to do that. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than all of them, but it wasn't me, but the grace of God in me. He said, God's able to make all grace abound towards you, so you can have all sufficiency in all things and may abound every good work. So grace, it's a whole other teaching.
Grace really is unmerited power given to the humble soul to enable them to live for God and to carry out God's work in the earth. Hallelujah. It's not a cover for immorality. It's something that sets you free from it. Amen. Praise God. It's different than the world's view of things. Now, Jesus. Now, here's the other part of it. Okay, so we know there has to be repentance. And most churches and denominations leave it out. But there can't be Christians without it. Can't be. You can say, well, I believe in the good Lord. Yeah, the devils believe in the good Lord. <laughs> you know, the Bible said you believe in God. That's all fine and good, but the devils believe and tremble. That's right. See, so that ain't, that ain't doing nothing. One preacher said, bluebirds believe in the good Lord. <laughs> you know, but uh, that ain't saving faith. Saving faith is turning from evil things to good things and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. So on the flip side, the faith of Jesus is connected with keeping his commandments. Revelation 14, 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The two are connected. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments. But uh, Revelation 22, 14 said, Blessed are they that do his commandments. Everybody say, do, do. his commandments. Yes. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, which will lock you into eternal life forever, and give you access to enter in through the gates of the city of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It'll be worth it all. You know, for me, sometimes here in the earth, it's boring. Is it boring for you sometimes? No. You're not out there doing what, what they're doing. You know? Never. The world's boring. Jesus ain't boring, but the world's boring. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Revelation 12, 17 says, The devil went to make war against the remnant of woman's seed. See, you're born of Jesus Christ. He's the woman's seed. The devil, and we're born of him, he's the word of God. We're born again of incorruptible seed by the word of God which lives and abides forever. The devil went to make war against the remnant of woman's seed, listen, who, one, keep the commandments of God, and two, have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So against us who live for God. He's already got all of those religious folk out there that aren't living for God. He's not making war against them. He'll send people to those kind of churches. They can become huge churches. The largest one got over a billion people in it, and they're not even, they don't even know how to get people saved. Hmm. As a matter of fact, we were in that denomination after we got saved. See, we were in there. I used to be an altar boy. I didn't act like an altar boy. <laughs> I used to be an altar boy. But... 
I lived like any worldly guy lived. Then I got saved. Then I started changing. Then I went back to my denominational church where they had a board meeting. Took my wife with me. I wanted to suggest we ought to have a Bible study to find out what's in the Bible. See, when it came our turn to give a suggestion, you know, they, they, they were looking for suggestions like, you know, start a nursery or paint the foyer or whatever. I don't know. When I said Bible study, that priest, he did not like that. I said, well, me and my wife got saved. He said, we don't believe in that stuff. I looked at my wife. I said, who are we going to believe, Jesus or him? We just got saved. Who are we going to believe, Jesus or him? I said, we're out of here. We didn't know where to go. Not much longer. We were crossing the road going to a big boy restaurant. I prayed. I said, Lord, we don't know where to go to church. They're going to have to help us. We sat down. Some guy came walking over with a card, business card, and invited us to a born-again, spirit-filled church. And we started attending, and about a, year, about a year and a half into it, I was teaching adult Sunday school in that church. I mean, I just got saved. But I had a hunger for the word. And some of those people used to ask me questions, well, what about this? some attacks. A lot of times through people. But uh, we have to stay and stick with Jesus. Let me read First uh, John chapter 2. Now we're, we're, we're just teaching along this line because we're teaching a specific topic. We have a lot more topics about the blessings of Abraham, the authority of the believer, and all the good stuff of that. But you know, sometimes we need our medicine. Amen. He said in Proverbs 4, his words like medicine, health to all your flesh. Praise God. So it will be health to your spiritual life. Listen to what John says, verse 3. And hereby we do, not, do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly is the love of God perfected. And by this we know that we are in him. 
Now, I don't know how these certain people were taught, but I know they're around. But we had one of members of the church going through the airport, and some people approached him. And they start talking to him about Jesus, and he thought, oh, fellow believers. And uh, he starts saying, oh, I'm saved, and I, I know Jesus. You're not saved. I mean, they didn't even, how are they supposed to know? <laughs> You're not saved. Then they start saying, we could get a machine gun here and kill everybody in this airport. We'd still be saved. Well, in the first place, if you're a believer, what in the world are you talking like that for? See, somebody told them they could do anything they want. They can't lose out. But the Bible said, he that hates his brother is a murderer. And no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I wish I was there. I would have given about 20, 30 scriptures. <laughs> see I've had Jehovah's Witnesses come to our door and I see them coming I stand on the other side of the door and I say I bind you devils of Jehovah's Witnesses I bind you spirits that are motivating those people I open up the door and they let me preach to them for about 20 minutes <laughs> they're tongue tied because that spirit's bound hallelujah <laughs> that's happened more than once if you see him coming, bind that devil. Amen. Bind that spirit that's behind that false religion. Hallelujah. We went to, right when I first got saved, we learned how to cast out devils and so on. Because you can still do that today. The Bible says you can. These signs will follow them that believe in my name, they'll cast out devils. So anyway, me and my wife found out. And as soon as I got saved, what happens? Cults start coming around. We had the Mormons come to me. Kept bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, bugging me to come over to his house. So we thought, well, it would be nice, man. We could explain the gospel to him, you know. So we get there, and there's like 13 elders sitting in a chair waiting for us. Amen. I mean, they're, they're waiting to convert us. Here's what happened. This happened. They're waiting to talk to us. And, and convert us. Now we're talking to them. And my wife starts saying, well, we cast out devils in Jesus' name. They kind of look startled for a little bit. Well, how do you do that? She said, I bind every one of you devils in the name of Jesus. I break your power. You know, they sat there and listened to us for probably an hour. And never said nothing to us. And they were waiting to gang up on us. But you see, those religious spirits were bound. They were tongue-tied. And they had to listen to us rather than us listen to them. So he said, good day. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was kind of a tricky, I, I don't think she even tried to do it, uh, do it in a tricky way. She just told how we cast out devils and they all got bound up. <laughs> those are religious spirits that blind people's minds and hinder them. See, they don't believe in hell. Well, Satan don't want anybody to believe in hell. Most cults don't believe in hell. That's right. Why? Because then if people don't fear hell, then they'll just take their chances here. That's right. You know? And, and like I said, they don't believe in repentance, and they don't believe in doing God's commandments. Almost all of the denominations. They don't believe you have to. Jesus already did it all. No, he did his part. So that you'd have what's necessary to do your part. That's what he did. 
He didn't make it automatic for anybody. All you have to do is read the epistles and the instructions to us in the epistles, and you'll see there's some things for us to do, Amen. some things for us to avoid, Amen. some things for us to act upon. Now, thank God love can fulfill it all. Just operate in love towards everyone. Love works no ill towards God or man. Hallelujah. Now Paul said what he wrote were the commandments of the Lord. 1 John 3.24 said, He that keeps his commandments dwells in Christ. Dwells in him. See, some people want to take all the in Christ scriptures. There's about a hundred of them. It shows our legal position at standing in Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. He's your righteousness. See? We have redemption through him. Praise God. But, on the other hand, you've got to abide in him. He said, abide in me. You do that by, he said, he that keeps his commandments abides in them. And they don't teach your people to obey God's New Testament commandments and so on. And then the other group, which now there's a problem, because some of that doctrine of no repentance and not having to obey the Lord has crept into spirit-filled Christianity. And there's a whole false teaching going on that all your future sins are automatically forgiven. Therefore, you don't have to repent and you don't have to obey God. What does it do? It gets right back to the same things that all those wrong denominations are teaching. It, gets, it takes you right back to that same junk. And that's Satan's plan. See, because remember who he fights against. Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's fighting against those that live for God. Because he knows he's already got the others.